Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Excited. We are doing something different this morning, something that uh, we've done in our evening meeting, but we haven't done here in the morning, and we have called it Sevens. And when we're super, super excited for that, you might be wondering, well, what is Sevens? Sevens is very simply this. We get three power preachers up for seven minutes each to preach their hearts out. And I know some of you are going, are so thankful because finally we'll have some quality preaching in this pulpit, which is good. Um, come on, come on. We're going to, this morning, and, and I want to say to you, I don't know if you, we're going to be getting these three incredible people up in a moment. They are super excited to be preaching. But before we do that, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the cricket clap. Now, the cricket clap is something that was invented by someone who only ever drank their tea without sugar or milk. And so what they did was, they, they, they did this thing, because a cricket match is long, and you expend a lot of energy through a cricket match. And so it's just this, you know. Just very relaxed, you know, and a good, they bowl a good ball. Just like, we don't do that here. Okay. What we do here is we get excited. We get amped. We get over. Give me your best clap, people. I'm noticing some people over there that are not giving me their best clap. Because actually this morning, these guys are going to preach their hearts out and they need your support. They need, they need some come ons. They need some amens. They need some hallelujahs. They need some preach it, white girl slash whatever else there might be. I don't know. I want to say to you this morning, we are going Pentecostal in this place. Can I get an amen? There we go. I like it. So I'm really, really excited to invite these guys up. I really want to say have a lot of fun. Shout for them. Get amped. They are incredible people. And the first man that I get to invite up to preach here, who I'm trying to spot in the front row here, but he's somewhere. There he is. Very good. Right in front of me. Thank you. Thank you for that, Quinton Virgo. We're a team. And so um, this morning, I have the amazing uh, privilege of inviting Kurt up here. His uh, wife, Marguerite, is at home preparing for a birthday party. They have got two incredible daughters. One of came very recently, so you can see this man's been working on this uh, on this script, this uh, sermon late into the night. Um, so really, really excited to have you here. This man is a man filled with faith. He passionately loves Jesus. He loves the Holy Spirit, and we're really, really excited to have him preach. So can I ask you, put your hands together for Kurt Beek. Thank you, Tyler. Yes, I've, I've been up 12 o'clock uh, last night blowing balloons. Because we are going to be celebrating a third birthday for my daughter, Eliana. So, uh, yeah, and, you know, I just sense as we were singing that song, um, and it spoke about um, there's no mountain that faith can move. And Eliana's second name is Faith. And so I just, I just sense here this morning, um, the reason we called her Eliana, Eliana means my God has answered in faith. And uh, we, for five years, trusted God to fall pregnant, and so... You know, when we celebrate the birthday, it's, it's recognizing what God has done. So, uh, thank you. So, what I want to share this morning, I, I want to ask you a question. The question is, who do you need to sit next to? And so, I'm going to read out of Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. So, just in terms of some context, Nehemiah was uh, someone that had a burning desire to rebuild the, uh, the walls around the city of Jerusalem. In fact, he left his day job to pursue this calling that God had, had called him to. If you know, the city was in ruins. 
and uh, in destruction. And so this was pretty significant, um, you know, calling that God had, God had placed on his heart. So what he did is, just to, to set the context, he, you know, inspected the walls at night, right, because it was uh, pretty dangerous. And he got the blessing of the, uh, the government of the day. So I just want to pick it up in verse 3. Um, where it talks about the builders of the wall. So it's Nehemiah 3. So it says, Eliashib, the high priest, and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. So sheep gate, on that side on my left, the sheep gate people, you can all say, meh. <laughs> right? They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the tower of hundred. And they dedicated as far as the tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section. Men of Jericho at the back there. Um, you can give me a hoo-ha. Here we go. They built the adjoining section. And Zachar, son of Imri, built next to them. Then the fish gate. The fish gate people on this side, on my right. <coughs> fish noise. Here we go. Was rebuilt by the sons of Asenar. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Miramoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hakoz, repaired the next section. Next to him, Meshalem, the son of Berechiah, the son of Meshabel, made repairs. And next to him, Zodok, the son of Barnar, also made repairs. Next to him, next to them. And as I was reflecting on this series this last uh, week or so, and I read through that little booklet of all the stories, it became clearly apparent that in all of those stories, whether there was someone that was coming out of drug addiction, or coming out of a, a challenging marriage situation, or coming out of trusting God for healing, there was someone next to them. And so, I believe God is calling all of us here this morning to come into a place to reflect and to look into our circle of influence, look into this community and say, who do I need to be next to? In my own journey as a, as a Christian, so I've really got two testimonies. Yes, I'm fortunate. The first one, Coming to God in 1996 when I was at, a, at, a, at my high school and we had this Christian organization that came there and shared the gospel. And I was one of two kids that stuck my hand up and says, I want to follow Christ. And I gave my heart to the Lord. And that was awesome, right? And in fact, I called the, the preacher at the end of the day to say, you know, does this really mean if I die now, I go to heaven? And he was like, yes, don't worry, you're covered. But you see, I was, I didn't grow up in church. My parents attended church Christmas and Easter and maybe Mother's Day or Father's Day. So I didn't have anything to plug into. And through my high school years, I basically walked away from God over that period of time. And then, you know, what started to burn within me was, yes, I knew God had done something, but I had not lived it out really the way I believe it, it called me to. And so I made this decision in my heart to say, if ever I'm going to make that decision or reconfirm my decision, I need to be full in. And uh, be that out of May, I was 19 years old, and, you know, I was going through a really, really tough time. I was a year out of my trick, you know, uh, doing everything you do when you're not following God. 
And until one day my, my parents started visiting a church, my mom and I went to church with her, and at that service, you know, I felt God really just, you know, tug at my heart, really, when you can feel your heart beating so significantly. And uh, I gave my heart to, to the Lord. And from there, I got plugged into to a local church. And when I looked to my left, there was a youth leader next to me. When I looked to my right, there was a preacher or pastor next to me. There were friends, there were people at my age, um, you know, young people following God, and they were all next to me. And so, of course, I had flourished. Of course, my relationship with God went from strength to strength. And he used me in youth ministry, in, you know, in community, uh, church outreaches, and so on. And so, I just want us to take a moment. I'm going to ask you all to just close your eyes for a moment. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, who do you need to be next to? Who is it in your circle? Who is it that you know is of lack, that's in need, that's going through a struggling time right now? Yes, it's easy for us to, to say, I want someone next to me. But why not be the person that you are next to? You can, you can open your, your eyes. And my challenge to you this morning is just to, to take action, to, to press in, to know that the walls of that person's life can be rebuilt. There's a bigger vision. There's a bigger purpose. There may be destruction right now, but God wants to repair. And God wants to call you into that story and to use you. So be next to them. Thank you. Come on. Well done, man. That's so incredible. I think that's such a powerful truth for us to take home. I think in these seven-minute sermons, it, uh, it's in a, a fun moment, and, and guys are giving it their, 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 their best shot in preaching and giving you something that actually you can walk away with and go, I'm going to take a hold of that. And so can I ask you, as, as we've heard that incredible word, can I say to you, take a hold of that? What does it mean for you? Who do you need to be next to? Let's own that. Let's live that as a community together. Well done. Can we give Kurt another round of applause? So amazing. Now this morning as our, our second preacher, I get the opportunity to say that she is the best um, before she even starts. Um, and I also get to, to say that she was brave enough to marry me, um, which is really, really exciting. Yeah, I know, I know. Miracles do happen. Um, Come on, there's hope for everybody in this room yet. Uh, but really, really excited to invite um, my incredible wife, Kate, up to preach. She is a, she's a powerful lady. She challenges me all the time. She's not scared to tell me when I'm, uh, I'm out of line. Uh, but more than that, she really calls me to so much more. She passionately loves Jesus in every decision she's ever made. She considers God. Um, and she's an amazing friend to so many, and she so quickly gets stuck into people's worlds when they are um, when they are challenges and when actually they need somebody around them. So can I tell, I'm telling you to give the biggest clap you possibly can for my incredible wife, Kate. <laughs> okay, good morning, everyone. Hello. Okay, I'm just going to get stuck right in. Um, so I'm going to be reading first from... Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 to 12. Two are better than one, 
because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can anyone keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This is a beautiful wisdom book in the Bible. And what I find so incredible is that in this book of wisdom, God is telling us that in our work, in our leisure, and even in battle, we are better together. And um, I don't know about you, but I've been totally gripped by the story of the Thailand cave rescue that happened um, over the last month. And for those of you that don't know, I'm going to very, very quickly recap the story because I just think it lends itself so strongly to what I'm talking about today. Um, So 12 boys and their soccer coach went for a hike through a cave system in northern Thailand, and about halfway through their hike, a massive torrential downpour came down and flooded the cave from the front to the back. And these boys and their coach tried to find a place where they could be safe while everything else was getting submerged around them. And they managed to find a tiny little outcropping of land just at the back of the cave where they could be safe. And they wanted to wait out the rain, um, but the rain didn't stop and the cave kept flooding. So they were safe for a time. But what ensued after that is probably one of the biggest, most challenging, near impossible rescue missions the world has ever seen. Um, people, but people came from all over the world to help. There were people from Australia, from Britain, from um, Israel, and even South Africa, all coming together, rescue teams saying, hey, we're here to help. Um, and then there were even hundreds of civilian volunteers who came and set up this massive tented city around the rescue operation, offering food, beds, even haircuts to rescue guys just coming out of the cave. Um, And it's just this incredible sense of um, international community helping the situation. And then to actually get the kids out, they needed 90 divers. Don't know about you, that's a lot of divers. 40 of them were Thai Navy divers, but 50 of them were international divers. Guys, again, from Britain, Australia, all over the world, speaking different languages, coming from different backgrounds, all just putting their hands up, putting their lives online to say, we're in this together, let's do it. And after 17 grueling days and a heck of a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, those boys, each and every single one of them brought out alive. And the whole world rejoiced at it. But I want to tell you something. It would not have been possible if they hadn't done that together. It actually just would would have not happened. And so for me, this is an incredible story because it's really about a selfless sense of community. People just digging in, getting their hands dirty, saying, come on, we can do this. And there's also a sense of devotion to a cause that inspired hope and actually just made the impossible possible. So I'm going to read now from 1 Peter 4, verse 8 to 11. And it says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of all sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that all things, sorry, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We were meant to do this thing together, guys, and not just do it averagely, do it well. And God, in his grace, gives us instructions on how to do it well. He says, do do it. Be kind to each other without grumbling. Not, sure, I'll give you a lift, but I'm going to let you know just how out of my way it is. 
I'm not sure I'll babysit, but I'm going to tell everyone how irritated I am that you even asked. Um, God's word tells us that that's not the way. He says in the scripture, we need to use our gifts, our talents, our time to serve others. Um, He also wants us to be faithful stewards. That means conduits, keepers, suppliers, faithful suppliers. Some of us don't know what that looks like. Not like Cape Town suppliers that tell you they're going to be there on Monday. And then on Friday, you're still phoning them, asking them where they are. He wants us to be faithful suppliers of grace. And so it's actually so obvious if if you look at these scriptures and throughout the Bible, how God wants us to do this thing together, and yet we struggle with it. I think one of the biggest challenges the church faces today is that we actually don't know how to get along. Um, But God gives us clear instructions on how to do it. Love each other, serve each other, be stewards of grace, and keep the peace. Mark actually preached on it a few weeks ago. Romans 12 verse 18 If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That is how we do things great together, is that we live at peace. And that looks like not being the first one to have an opinion about something. Not being the first one to get offended. Not being the first one to make a snarky comment. It means actually fighting for peace and bringing it wherever we go. The... um, the linchpin scripture of um, our devoted series is awesome, but it's, it speaks about eating together, praying together, praising God together. And in that overflow of love and community, God added to them. And why? Because God's heart is to have a big family. That's his desire. And he will add to us. People will be attracted to what we have when we live in this beautiful togetherness. When people see our faith, they can't help but want to be part of it. It's something everyone deeply desires. And, um, you know, I just want to say maybe God has put a dream on your heart. Maybe it's starting your own business. Maybe it's um, going into the far, furthest corners of the earth, Korea, into Syria, into Afghanistan, and just being a helping hand to people who need it. Maybe you, um, you want to fund someone's education. Maybe you just want to be free of entangling sin. I want to tell you, you can't do that alone. You need us. We need you. So I want to encourage you today just to walk across the room and say hi to someone you don't know. Um, Maybe you need to mend fences with someone you've been at odds with. Maybe you are struggling to connect and you just don't know how to make friends. Life has been really, really tricky. I want to encourage you, join a life group, get into a serving team and help someone that, that you've never met. It'll change your life. That was very good. Um, no, it really was. Um, yeah, I get the opportunity to wrap up and do our last seven minutes this uh, this morning. I'm um, really, really excited about the series and the, the opportunity we have to 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 do the sevens moment. And I, I just want to kick off this morning very quickly to to share a story with you guys about um, something that happened to me when I was 16 years old. I committed my life to Christ, and I was so excited to be part of a community. Um, and to, I found Jesus. Someone invited me to church. I got here. Um, I was a little bit bewildered. I had never really been in church before. The people who invited me to church were, they came 20 minutes late, so I knew nobody at church. So I just sat in the back row, very scared of what was going to happen. And so what happened is we, were they kind of, 
I got here and I was a little bit bewildered, but, but started to fall in love with this community and started to fall in love with the church. And so what started to happen was I, I got involved. I got stuck into youth. I started to serve. I was part of the AV team. I started to got involved in kids ministry as one does. If you are a teacher or under the age of 18, you must help in kids ministry. Um, and so, and so what we did was we got, I got stuck into that space. I was involved in every area that I possibly could. And I remember after two years of, I, I fell so madly in love with the community of God. I, I was overwhelmed that actually there is a place like this in the world. And so what happened was on my 18th birthday, I had become quite good friends with Gabe Phillips, who many of you will know is on staff here. And he invited me. He said, you know, why don't you come for a, it was my 18th birthday. It was on a Sunday. He said to me, why don't you come for a birthday bra after church? I was like, I'm keen. I'm going to do it. And so what I, I went and I thought, you know what, I, I got 250 rands pocket money a month at that point. So you had to be very clever and I had to buy toiletries with that as your parents make you do. Um, so I had to be very clever with what I did with that money. And so I thought, you know what, it's my 18th birthday. I'm going to buy myself a steak. And so I went to uh, uh, pick and pay because I couldn't get, afford the Woolworths steak. But I went to pick and pay and I, I found the biggest rump steak they had. It cost me about a hundred bucks, I remember. And I took that steak and I went to the bra and I was so excited. At the time, I drove a, a little silver scooter that I used to cruise around on. And uh, I was going around those bins as quickly as I possibly could to get to my bra. They started braing my meat. I was so excited. And as kind of the bra got going, uh, my mom phoned me. She said, I need the keys for the garage. And I had left them in my pocket. So. I quickly jumped on my silver scooter with my helmet that was way too tight, so I couldn't ride it for very long, and just shot home quickly. I gave her the keys, got back on my scooter, drove all the way back to the bri. I remember walking in so excited for my, my steak, and I got in, and everyone had started eating, and I walked to the bowl that had all the meat in it, and I looked down, and there was no steak. The steak was gone, and I don't know where the steak went. And I remember being absolutely gutted. And I walked around. I said, where is my steak? And I remember I had to have a lonely piece of bourgeois as my lunch on my 18th birthday. And I want to say to you this morning that sometimes community will take your birthday steak. Sometimes that is going to happen. We later found out two years later that Gabe Phillips, in fact, ate my birthday steak. But I want to say to you this morning that sometimes community is going to take your birthday steak. Sometimes people are going to frustrate you. Sometimes it's going to get tough. Sometimes it's going to get hard. But I want to say to you that the only way that you will walk into everything that God has for you in community is to take a faith step. Is to take a step and go, God, I am going to take a, I'm going to, as I, as, as I would put it, I'm going to push in to community. I am going to take a step of faith, trusting you with this step, and I'm going to push into this space. And so for many of you, it might be a reality of, well, you know what? I just attend church. I want to say to you that community was designed by God. Jesus designed the church, and therefore it is God's best for you. If you are going, well, maybe church is an option for me. I want to say to you that the community of God was designed by God, and therefore it is God's best for your life. And so this morning, I would say to you that actually sometimes... You need to not let the small things get in the way of the big thing. Some, we so quickly often let the small little things start to get in the way of the big thing, which is God's call on your life. Which is God's call to live in a community of believers that will take you forward, that will challenge you, that will push you, that will, will do those things for you. And I want to say to you, there are always small things. 
preventing us from taking faith steps. There are always things in our way where we go, well, actually, you know, I don't have time. I'm not sure why my, uh, my situation just doesn't lend for it right now. I want to say to you, get stuck into community. God has got so much more for you in this space. Jesus designed for community. Therefore, it is God's best for us. I want to say to you that community is God's primary vehicle to make you more like Christ. Community is God's primary vehicle to make you more like Christ. Therefore, community is not an optional extra. It is a gospel imperative. It is not an optional extra. It is a gospel imperative. I would dare to say that you cannot live a Christian life without being in community. Because it is an imperative to the gospel. Rory Dyer made this incredible statement. He said, maturity is walking with the same people for a long period of time. And I don't know about you, but we live in a very quick in, quick out world. We live in a world where actually at the moment, if you look, millennials' average period of time at a job is less than eight months. People don't stick stuff out anymore. People don't push through the challenges anymore. They just run. And the sad thing is that that thing starts to creep into the church. And actually, God is calling us to walk together, to struggle together, to go through the tough times together, to stand on the mountains together, to walk the valleys together. Why? Because in the end, it is all for His glory and to make us more like Christ. And the challenge is we so quickly let the birthday stake become the biggest thing in our world. And we take our eyes off Jesus, who has got a future for us in community. You know, I want to say to us this morning that actually you will never get out of community more than you put in. So often we live in a space where we go, well, actually, you know what, if I, if I, um, I, no one ever phones me, no one ever talks to me. Well, sir or ma'am, do you ever talk to anybody? Do you ever phone anybody? Do you ever introduce yourself to anybody? Do you ever go outside and grab the coffee that we make free? We don't make it free because we want free coffee. We make it free because we want you to get stuck into community. Life groups, serving teams, Sunday meetings. There is very little spiritual about a life group, guys. It is literally a group of people going to a house together. But when you take a step of faith into community, God uses that thing and it becomes powerful. I want to I wanna encourage you this morning. Let's push in. Can I ask us to stand? I want to pray for us very quickly. And as I pray, I would ask that we pray together, not as a, as a group of people attending a church meeting, but rather as a community of believers that God has called to be together. Father, I thank you for this community. I thank you as we have heard these seven-minute sermons of, of going for community and, and devoting ourselves to community. God, I pray that you would put faith in people's heart this morning to take the faith step that they need to take to become devoted to community like your word calls us to, Father. I pray that in this room, faith would rise, God. I pray as your word says in Hebrews, God, where it says, awake, O sleeper. I pray, God, that people in this room that are sleeping to community, Jesus, sleeping to the future that you have for them, God. I pray that you would awaken their hearts, God, and give them faith to step into the more that you have, Jesus.